This is Toastcaster, podcast for Toastmasters. Your host, Greg Gazin. Episode 85, Communication Nuggets, Delivering Your Message, with our guest, Julia Ewing. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Toastcaster, podcast for Toastmasters. We have a special guest today. We have Julia Ewing. She's a principal with J.A. Ewing and Associates, and she's based in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. She's a community development professional with over 30 years' experience encompassing rural, urban, and Aboriginal groups. She has extensive experience promoting entrepreneurship and community economic development projects in two provinces and two territories in Canada. And as a business educator, she instructs a variety of post-secondary business courses, conducts business seminars, and facilitates workshops. She has an undergraduate degree in human ecology and a master's degree in business. Julia is also an avid Toastmaster, joining Toastmasters in 1990 to improve her public speaking skills at, at the suggestion of her boss. She was a member for four years, then decided to take a little hiatus back in 2008, and she just recently completed her distinguished Toastmaster designation. Julia Ewing, welcome to Toastcaster. Thank you, Greg. It's a pleasure. It's really interesting because just to give everyone a little bit of background, at our spring convention, District 99 Spring Convention, I put on an educational on podcasting. And as an incentive to get some feedback from people, of course, Toastmasters are really good at giving feedback. As an incentive, I offered a prize for one individual who submitted a feedback form to either host or be a host on one particular episode. And Julia happened to be the person whose name was selected. And it's really interesting because, of course, once you pick somebody, you have no idea what their background is. They might be brand new to podcasting. They might be brand new to Toastmasters. And in our particular case, we're very, very fortunate because Julia is an educator and she does a course at Saskatchewan Polytechnic. And in essence, she talks about communication nuggets for business. I don't think it's called that, but communication nuggets for business. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. What were your thoughts on the on the educational? Why did you actually attend the educational? I thought, I don't know that much about podcasting. I hear about it, and I just really wanted to know more about it. And I knew that there was lots of information to be shared, and indeed that was the case. So that's why I went. And did you ever think you'd be selected? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> Excellent. So you're here, and, and welcome, and this is your first time. And I'm looking forward to this because you gave me a little bit of a background offline. You gave us a little background on on the course that you provide, and it sounds really, really interesting. So in a nutshell, what is this course about? It's about how to be a more effective communicator in business. So in your work situation, how can you convey information in a better way to your coworkers, your boss, your customers? Just little tips on how you can be better at delivering your message. With respect to the message, do you have a process that you go through? Maybe some steps that you could walk through as to how this works, and then maybe we can even do an example afterwards or a few. Okay, sure. First consideration is who is your audience? Who is it that you're trying to deliver your message to? Your customer, your boss, your coworker, somebody who reports to you. And then think about what is the message that you need to deliver. And how is your recipient going to receive it? Or is it going to be a good message for them? Is it maybe 
a negative message that's got something in it that is going to have a negative impact on them? Or is it kind of an indifferent message? It's just information sharing and it's neutral. Mm -hmm. So those are the first considerations that you need to give. Then the next thing you want to do is what would be the appropriate media for your message? Do you need to relay a lot of content and could your message potentially evoke an emotional response from your recipient? So would a face-to-face -face situation be best, one-on-one -on -one or in a crowd? Or would a written message suffice, like if it's something really brief and internal, perhaps a text message or a simple email? Perhaps you want it immediate and you want to have some back and forth. The telephone might be your best medium. Then you want to think about highlighting, because you're viewing it from the recipient's perspective, what are the benefits of your message? It's going to make their work easier. They are going to have their order fulfilled that they requested from you. And then just to keep things moving quickly, think again of your recipient and what could be their potential concerns. And if you address those right away, that again will expedite the communication process. And then the last thing that you might want to consider is the context. What's happening around them? If it's a really important message for your organization, perhaps Friday afternoon before a long weekend, it's not the best time to deliver it in that a lot of staff might not even be there. Think of the broader context. Okay, well, that makes a lot of sense because if you think about it, there's so much communication that has to go on and one size really doesn't fit all. No, it doesn't. You really want to focus on who your recipient is and what the message is. Because if you think about business, quite often you have maybe a communications department or you've got a management team and let's say they put out some news or let's say that they have a message to deliver depending on whether it's going to go to management, depending on what the actual message is going to be, depending on what the outcome that they want, it's going to come out a little bit differently. That's right. Let's walk through a couple of examples. So let's say you've got, how about a really good message, like you're getting a raise. So that's your message. Walk us through how, that, how you would work that through. So you think about your staff member that you're going to give a raise to. They're probably happy about that. Of course. You don't often get a lot of opportunities for a good message. So I'd want to have a face-to-face, one-on-one with my staff member and bring them in and tell them using, you know, it would be a full content message where we could talk about their time with the organization, the things that they like about the job, the things that we like about them. And last annual performance review has gone really well. And you're super pleased to be able to offer them a re for their upcoming year. So that would be the message. It's a good news message. It's to your report, the medium, face-to-face, one-on-one, benefits to the recipient. They know everybody can use more money, objections. There's very little downside. You probably don't have any objections that you need to elucidate for them. And broader context, I think that's the kind of good news that can just make somebody's day and maybe Friday afternoon is a good time and they can go home and spread the good news to their family and friends. 
That actually makes a lot of sense because if you think about it, you could potentially deliver a good message the wrong way. And I like the way you you ran through the different steps because here I'm thinking for a second, okay, maybe someone is in a job, maybe money isn't necessarily the motivator, but yet it's still a good message that you're going to get. Maybe they're in a job because they just need something to do, right? And they don't necessarily need the money. I mean, everyone can probably use a few extra bucks, but maybe that's not a motivator. But the fact that you spent the time, you had a one-on-one, you went face-to-face, you not only said, hey, you know what? You're getting a raise. This is why you're getting it. You're showing all the appreciation that you have for them. I think that would go a long way rather than sending somebody an email saying, congratulations, you now have a raise. And you might just be saying, well, yeah, so big deal. You don't appreciate anything I do, so it's no big deal. So that makes a lot of sense. So even delivering a good message has to be delivered the right way. Ultimately, everything that we do with these different forms of communicating, email, text, phone, are all sort of facsimiles for face-to-face talking, that's how we communicate best as human beings. If you've got an opportunity to do it face-to-face, it's going to be good. I would just really relish that. (laughs) Take the opportunity to do it. Now, I'm assuming sometimes you would want to deliver a message by email. Yes. If there's something that involves a lot of steps, it would be useful that the recipient can refer back to it and it's all written out, that they don't have to try and commit that all to memory. An email would be a great way of doing it. Plus, if you have to distribute it to a large number of people, it would be very efficient to do it by email. Plus, sometimes you need things in writing just so that they're formal, as opposed to, hey, guess what? I'm giving you a raise. I said that to you, but next week it's like, oh, I didn't say that to you. Yes. Just kidding. With the raise thing, they'd probably follow it up with at the one-on-one, you'd have a letter for them, you'd have something written for them, or you'd be following it up with an email that indeed it would be documented. Okay. So that was great news. You got a raise, you're, you got all these kudos, everything's wonderful, but sometimes the news isn't necessarily so good. So the message, let's just say, is, let's just say not good news. Maybe some disciplinary action is required. Maybe you're not performing the job to the standards that are required. How would that differ? You think about your recipient in a disciplinary action. You likely have a protocol at your workplace, but one of the things that you, as a supervisor would want to do would be to probably have a face-to-face interview because it is an emotionally loaded situation and you want to have full content and you want to be discreet about it, have a closed door, and then you want to go through the rationale for the discipline and that your recipient would have an opportunity to ask questions or get clarification you would be able to use gestures, tone of voice to convey the gravity of the situation and also the remedy or the methods that could be used to get the employee back on track. Again, you'd go over the benefits in the sense of it's being brought to their attention and there's an ability for remedy and that they have got the opportunity to have some objections or state concerns. And then in the broader context, you'd want to do it probably in the beginning of the week so that the recipient of the message doesn't go home and stew about it all weekend and 
work with them to do some constructive things over the course of the work week. Yeah, so timing is obviously important too. Let's just say you as a manager who has to deliver this information or who has to deliver this negative message, if you're not comfortable with this, if you're not maybe necessarily a Toastmaster or you don't have those communication skills, what are some of the ways that you can prepare for this? Again, you want to focus on your recipient. How do you think that they're going to react? If you've had a good rapport or good open communication, it probably won't come as a surprise to the individual. Good point. And you want to do it in a way that, yes, their work is deficient according to the standards that the company has, but you're there to provide them with some support and some methods to, if they're motivated, to change their situation to help them meet what is required of them. There is some assistance and hope and you're on their side to to help them and that, yeah, it's a sensitive topic, but you're there to provide assistance. So there is an underlying good news message to it. Absolutely. Sometimes the deliverer has some challenges as well because, I mean, most of us probably don't want to deliver bad news. We don't like doing it. You want to do it in as neutral a way as possible. And for example, with the disciplinary action, you just want to talk about the individual's behavior. You don't want to do sort of a character assassination on them. If you're in a larger organization, you could probably get some guidance from your human resources department on how you could couch a message that will focus on the behavior as opposed to the individual and their personality and characteristics. No, absolutely. You don't want to personalize it. You don't want to make them feel like they're the ones that are being attacked. It's just what's being attacked is the actions or the activities or things that they're doing and not doing and not necessarily anything to do with them as their, as an individual. Yes. Okay. So that we did the good, the bad. It's not going, we're not going to do the ugly, good, the bad, the ugly. I guess that's the movie. What about information that's indifferent? How would that differ? Let's just say it's indifferent and the audience is a customer. Thinking of your audience and your customer, they're probably bombarded with a lot of information. So somehow if you've got a neutral information, in a way good and bad messages evoke people or provoke people's attention, whereas neutral messages, people often don't bother with them because there's nothing that really pulls them in. So that's the neutral message you really want to try and develop some sort of interest and then you can decide what the best medium is and probably something written because you don't want to take up too much time and again you can highlight the benefits to the message to the recipient that's great and if there's potential questions or objections you include those too then they'll feel that they know what's going on after they read your message so if it's information on something great that might look good for them and their business, you want to certainly put it out to the world. If it's something that could be potentially of a sensitive nature, it might be some good news, but they don't necessarily want to share with the world, then obviously you would, you would keep it closer to heart. Yes. Again, you've got to think about the content in your message and use that to guide you on what would be the best medium to use. Great. 
Now, we just scratched the surface. I mean, obviously, you teach us as an entire course. We try to cram it all into, into one little episode. Obviously, there are thousands of scenarios. And of course, you've taught the course to many, many, many students. What I was curious about is, at the end of the day, is there one thing that quite often comes to the forefront in terms of the takeaway that people get from your course? Is there one thing they walk away with saying, you know what, I wish I would have known this years ago? The students often say they knew about the audience and they know about the recipient, but the way that we really emphasize that you've got to put yourself in the shoes of the audience and couch your message from that perspective. What is it going to mean to your audience and style everything around your recipient? Communication can be time-consuming, but if you've got a little script to follow, focus on your audience. How are they going to interpret this message? And then pattern what you're going to do on the process. And it'll save you a lot of time and you'll have a better message in the end that'll resonate better with your audience. That makes a lot of sense because I think if I think back to many years ago, I was always so concerned about using the right words, using the right terminology. And I think I pretty much bundled everything in the indifferent context rather than making sure that I knew, you know, who the audience is, who the audience was and how that was going to impact them and whether they understood what I was going to say. I was so concerned about getting those words out. And I think now more than ever, especially since anything that you say can be broadcast across the world virtually immediately. Plus, of course, we're very global. Right. We have to make sure that we also use the words that people can understand, people can comprehend, and they're not misconstrued, especially with things like acronyms. People use acronyms all the time, not realizing that they could have many different connotations or people don't even understand what they mean. That's one of my pet peeves. And I say, just avoid them when, if you're internal communication, that's great. It's fast to use acronyms. But the minute you get outside your organization, use the full word in a written thing, you can use the full words and then in brackets have the acronym and use that in the rest of your document. Be sure to explain what they are because that can just keep your reader or your recipient baffled by not knowing what that acronym means. And the emojis that go along with them. <laughs> Julia Ewing, thank you so much for enlightening us with communication nuggets for for business. If someone wanted to get a hold of you, what's the best way to reach you? You can reach me through LinkedIn at Julia Ewing, Saskatchewan, Canada. How do you feel now that you've done your first podcast? I feel good. I feel like I've got lots of room for improvement, but I felt like I was in very capable hands with you, Greg, so that was reassuring. Julia, once again, thank you for participating. Thank you for sharing the nuggets. I'm glad you had a really good experience with both the podcasting educational and being on the podcast. Thank you so much, Greg. I just really enjoyed my new adventure into podcasting and looking forward to potentially doing it again. Super. Thank you. Once again, this is Greg Gazin. We appreciate you tuning in. Now, I'm not sure how you joined us, whether you joined us through directly through Toastcaster.com or iTunes, but either way, you can pick up the podcasts there. If you really enjoyed the podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to leave us some feedback on iTunes because it really helps 
with our ratings. Plus, also feel free to drop us a line. Tell us what types of things you're interested in, what your Toastmasters specialty is, or what kinds of things you like to speak about. And perhaps maybe we'll even have you on the show. This is Greg Gazin. Till the next time. This episode was sponsored by Corey Outsmarts the Butterflies, a new book by Greg Gazin, geared to ages 8 to 80. Whether you want to improve your speaking skills or build your confidence, this short read is suitable for all ages. It's available at outsmartingthebutterflies.com.